We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. We're talking 2024 free agent wide receivers. Who are the top guys on our list? How do the rookies impact them? All that and more on Rotoviz Radio. What's up, Rotoviz? Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Podcast. It's Curtis and Dave. We're back with more 2024 free agency talk earlier this week. We did a little bit of a, a, a little rundown on the running backs and talked about the top six guys per our, I don't know, subjective, I don't know, selection, <laughs> I guess, Dave. <laughs> we looked and, at some uh, names and do- we said, these guys, <laughs> these guys look yeah. interesting. Yeah. These are, these are the ones that we want to talk about. Um, we're going to do the same thing with the wide receivers. Um, a little bit easier to come up with this list yeah. because just the quality uh, of wide receivers, just the, the name quality, the name brand, I guess, of the, the wide receivers seems to pale a little bit in comparison to these big names we talked about in the running back episode. So if you did miss that, you can go back uh, through the Rotoviz radio uh, channel or directly on our pod, Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show, our, our pod listing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen, and uh, catch up on that uh, if you end up liking this show. Now, the wide receiver position, Dave, this is a little different. Uh, tonight because I mean you can basically point at any team in the NFL and say they need wide receiver depth I mean it's a wide receiver game and it's so it's not so obvious picking the spots where uh, you you might want some some of these receivers to go especially because there's just so few wide receivers that would you could drop on you know to any squad that would become you know the immediate alpha you know most of the guys we're going to talk about you know I, I would say four of the six that we're talking about would not be, you know, the number one receiver after they sign somewhere. Some of them might not even be the new number two receiver. Right. What, what further muddies the waters is this looks like a really good wide receiver uh, incoming rookie class. And, and we talked about kind of how that relationship with the free agent running backs and the rookie uh, running backs, how we thought that might play out. Um, the, the relative, I guess the quality delta um, between the, the rookies and the free agents, it seems like to be a wider gulf here right? Um, between the wide uh, and the wide receiver. So, you know, in the root of his fantasy football rookie draft guide, 
we've got a ton of wide receivers in, in our first round. If I look at the first round of one QB uh, rookie rankings and rookie draft ADP from our exercises in the guide, I've got, let's see here, in our one QB tight end premium mock draft, Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunza, Troy Franklin, Keon Coleman, Xavier Worthy, Brian Thomas, all in the first round uh, in the one QB format. And it's not too much different in, in Superflex uh, formats either. And so, yeah, that makes it difficult for NFL teams because do you want to pay, do you want to pay some of these guys that have had a little bit of success or, you know, do you want to go get, you know, a high-end freak athlete uh, who's a little bit faster, a little bit less mileage, and you don't have to pay, you know, the same type of money. If I'm the Kansas City Chiefs and I'm paying Mahomes, you know, that that big money, it's a lot easier to spend a draft pick than it is to to pay Mike Evans, for example. So that all kind of serves as some backdrop for this episode. We're going to talk about Gabe Davis, Michael Pittman, Calvin Ridley, Curtis Samuel, Mike Evans, and Marquise Hollywood Brown. Dave, let's hit a drop and why don't you kick us off? Yeah, so let's let's start here with Gabe Davis. Um a player that uh, has been pretty interesting in his time in Buffalo. Had a lot of ups, lots of downs, Curtis. And if you looked at his uh, chart that we have for him in the Player Stat Explorer, you would see a stretch where he goes for 23.7 points, then zero, 9.6, then zero, 22.5, followed by zero, zero, then 23 back to 4.1 and then zero. Uh, I have sometimes pushed back at the idea of a boom bust guy, but all you have to do is look at Gabe <laughs> Davis's chart and you can see that there are some guys that do fall into this grouping. So, yeah. you know, like I said, um, there's some things that have been good for him. Uh, like for example, in 2023, he had the highest racer among all wide receivers uh, did finish number 22 in fantasy points over expectation per game, had some efficiency there, but was number 65 in expected points per game. That put him in at number 52 in PPR per game. There are things that you could point to for him, um, but I think given the fact that he was playing in this offense in Buffalo, that afforded him some opportunities that he might not have elsewhere, and we haven't been able to see him put it together week to week, I think that it's going to be very hard to give Davis a valuation that bakes in a whole lot of upside uh, until we see him land in a very good situation. And I would say that it's possible that you can actually see a case where he takes a significant step back off of what he's been able to do if he lands in the wrong situation. Um, this is not a guy that has been able to be, uh, you know, not just consistent, but really has not been prolific in many uh, regards, right? I mean, his target share, and of course you're playing with Diggs, is at 51, or not uh, his overall targets, um, I should say. Uh, air yards, pretty low, despite, you know, having chances occasionally to get targeted pretty deep downfield. Um, all of this just to say, I don't think I'm super excited about Gabe Davis and free agency. Yeah. I mean, he's still pretty young. You know, I, I, he's got that going for him. He's only 24 years old right now. Still, 
Um, so, you know, maybe he could, maybe he could improve a little bit. I, I think the biggest issue that I have is where is he going to land? That's a better situation than Buffalo. Yeah, exactly. he was the, he, you know, he had a clear path to be in the, the number two in Buffalo and, you know, plenty of attention on, on Stefan Diggs and a mobile quarterback. Like he had every advantage going for him and, you know, he just, he just didn't really ever put it all together. I was even trying to, you know, create some scenarios here in the road of his game splits app. Like, okay, well, what about the games where he gets at least like eight targets? Cause you know, if, if he could carve out a meaningful role, uh, you know, somewhere else, maybe just on volume, um, he could, could rescue his performance, but I'm kind of just going through here. And I mean, what, how many targets is it realistic to give him? I mean, six targets a game. That's That's going to put him in the, you know what, 102 targets for the season. Um, that's kind of in line with, with, you know, where he'd been in, in games where he actually gets six targets or more uh, over the past two seasons, he did average 16 PPR. Uh, a lot of that was on the strengths of the touchdowns. Like, you know, it seems like the more he was targeted, it, there was like an asymmetric relationship between his, his touchdown concentration in games where he was heavily targeted uh, versus when, when he wasn't. Um, and, but I mean, almost anywhere he goes, he's probably likely to score less touchdowns than with Josh Allen yeah. as his quarterback. So it kind of just brings me full circle to where I was 90 seconds ago. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's, it, I think we're just fully back to, hey, Gabe Davis and best ball. Yep. Um, but, but we can stop doing the, hey, let's draft him in the, in the eighth round and early in best ball and steam him up to the sixth or, or fifth round thinking that he's going to put it all together this year. I mean, I think, you know, now he's basically, he's basically Marcus Valdez Scantling that, that hit. Right. Yes. I yep. mean, it, it, yeah, that's probably the way to, to think about him. So where is he going in early underdog Dave? Yeah. Uh, as you, you said that, and I am still searching, um, he is going okay. all the way down at uh, 136 overall, making him the 60th wide receiver off of the board. Ahead, though, of rookie wide receiver Lad McConkey, who I suspect uh, we could see crawl past Davis in the coming days. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to have him uh, down in that range. If I look at Dynasty ADP, he's sitting at 128 overall, so just a little ahead of where he is in redraft. I mean, I guess that kind of makes sense. People um, still not fully out on him in Dynasty because of the age, and you know, maybe he'll go somehow go from Josh Allen to I don't know C.J. Stroud or Patrick Mahomes or something. One of the only other situations that would be like as good as Buffalo. That that makes him Dynasty wide receiver 51. I also recently, Dave, uh, updated my dynasty rankings. I've got him in a big tier. These are some of the guys that I kind of rate, you know, rate alongside him right now to kind of put you in the right picture. Uh, you know, Wandale Robinson, Romeo Dobbs, Marvin Mims, you know, Quentin Johnston, Rashad Bateman. You know, we're kind of in that range where it's like, hey, if the stars align, these guys could could take a step forward, but they're all probably just names that are going to get churned after round 10 in dynasty for the next two or three years. And then kind of just go away. Yes. I don't think we need to say anything else on game. We don't need to say a single word more. (laughs) All right. Well, the next guy's a lot more exciting and and he's probably all things considered, probably 
the crown jewel of the wide receiver free agent class. Um, maybe not from a career perspective yet, but he's got the intersection of, uh, of, of age and production going for him. Uh, Michael Pittman Jr. So Michael Pittman, uh, he's coming off three straight seasons of greater than 220 PPR uh, in an Indianapolis situation where it's, it's basically been a QB carousel. And it, it hasn't really mattered. I mean, he was wide receiver 18 in 2021, wide receiver 20 in 2022, and then he was wide receiver 13 uh, last year in 2023, despite playing 16 of 17 games. He had the eighth most expected points per game at the position, uh, scored the 15th most PPR per game. Dave, he was fourth in receptions in the NFL, ninth in targets, and he was wide receiver four with a team target percentage of 30%. Uh, you know, there's a lot to like here. And I would, I would offer that. I think, you know, the best spot for him is just to stay put in Indianapolis and maybe he's going to go, you know, find some offers elsewhere and then ultimately end up staying in Indianapolis. But I mean, he, he was getting 11, 12 targets a game the first month of the season with Anthony Richardson. And then once the, the team kind of reinvented himself, he was right back to that, you know, type of, of usage. He had five wide receiver one week's another five wide receiver, two weeks. And of his six wide receiver, three weeks, three of them were still over 10 PPR. And you really only had truly one game from a wide receiver perspective. I mean, you're kind of drafting him as a wide receiver too. Really only in one week did he actually hurt you. And that was week four against the Rams when he had just four and a half points. But that's when the, the team underwent a quarterback change due to the Richardson injury. So there's plenty to like here. I mean, he's still young. He's been very productive. I kind of, the vibe that I get from Michael Pittman for fantasy purposes is I kind of think he's going to be new school Keenan Allen. That's what I'm seeing. Like, I don't know if he's going to put up these big Justin Jefferson-esque, you know, 330-point seasons, but I think he could hang out, you know, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper. He could get into this 250-point range and hang out here, you know, for the next handful of years really, really like where Michael Pittman's at in his career. And I think he's going to be, he's going to be the one that gets the most phone calls. Uh, Mike Evans, who we'll talk about later, probably a close second there, but it's just a totally different situation between, um, you know, these two players given where they're at in their career. So uh, Dave, where's he going in underdog? And I mean, do you have anything you want to add on Pittman before, you know, we we talk about what we're going to do with them? Sure. Well, I think one important thing to keep in mind with Pittman is that he's kind of done a lot of what he has done at this point in his career against all odds, I would say. We've seen him thrust into some bad offensive situations. We've seen him play with a variety of quarterbacks, and yet he's managed to, I would say, exceed expectations and remain pretty consistent. Um, Also, you know, if you look at receivers... And of course, you know, when you play on a team where you are the guy and there's not a whole lot of other players that your team could look to, uh, he still, though, is one of the top players in routes run per target, which I think counts for something, you know, even in the in the situation that he's in. So uh, where this is coming together currently, Curtis, for his ADP is that we see him going 28.8 overall at wide receiver 19. So perhaps some of this uncertainty about his situation moving forward is factoring into that. I was expecting that we would see him probably somewhere closer to maybe 13, you know, plus or minus a spot or two. 
Yeah, and that's, that's where he finished last year. I mean, I think this is a little bit of an early season discount. I, I yep. think, you know, there's really not, there's, in contrast to the Gabe Davis situation, you know, Pittman's been a volume guy, but there's also probably not many places that he would go that he would have been, that he wouldn't be better off right, right. from a quarterback position, uh, a quarterback pairing uh, scenario anyway. Than, than what he's had recently. Now, I, again, I'm rooting for him to stay in Indianapolis and for Anthony Richardson to be healthy and for them to just be a battery. I think that would be great for both players and, and exciting for fantasy purposes. But yeah, I think I think Pittman Pittman's a player that will win uh, wherever he goes. I, I like the wide receiver 19 price. I'm in on that price in early best ball for sure. If we hop over to the dynasty side of things, He's currently wide receiver 15 positionally, uh, and he's going 41.29 uh, overall in Superflex startups. So that is mid fourth round. If we hop over to my latest Rotoviz dynasty rankings on rotoviz.com, uh, I've got him at wide receiver 18 and dynasty as well. That puts him right in there with T. Higgins, uh, Rasheed Rice, and Zay Flowers. Uh, so that that's kind of the range, but I, the, the tier that he's in goes all the way up to DJ Moore. So if we're, if we're looking more at dynasty tiers, he's in there with DJ Moore. He's in there with Drake London. He's in there with Brandon Ayuk and Devonta Smith and Jalen Waddle. I mean, I think he's kind of interchangeable with all of those guys from a dynasty roster construct perspective. So yeah, I, pretty excited about Michael Pittman, not a player we have gotten to talk a lot about. No. Uh, on any of our podcasts the last couple of years, because it just seems like whenever we're talking indie, it's just Jonathan Taylor and is he healthy and what is right. he doing? So uh, it's kind of fun to hit on his career uh, to this point. Well, we'll keep moving. Let's go over to Calvin Ridley, Dave. How's he doing? Well, I got, I got to <laughs> just say this first, and yeah. I'm not going to derail us here, but I've been looking at some advanced wide receiver stats and some other things as we're going through here. And oh my Lord, we have to come back at some point and talk about Nico Collins. I digress. Okay. Yeah. He's not a free agent, so it's not going to yeah. be on this show, but we'll talk about Nico Collins. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. I'm, I'm aware it's not going to be on this show, but I'm, I'm looking forward to when we get the chance to do that. Calvin Ridley. So returns to action in Jacksonville has an interesting year last year, Curtis, and that he did not put up a wide receiver to performance a single time did record six top 12 weeks. And, um, on the year, finishes at 28 in PPR per game. He was, though, 13 in expected points per game. Had the most inefficient season of his career, though. Was 11 in total touchdowns, 8 in air yards, 22 in Whopper. Um, 20 in overall PPR, as we did see him get in a full complement of 17 games. For his first year back after the suspension, overall a decent year. Not on that trajectory, though, that some people thought he could be on, you know, prior to the suspension and what have you. Uh, so now we're kind of in a situation now. He's been in the league since 2018, has had some success, has to now rebuild, kind of reinvent himself again with a new team. As a result of some of that uncertainty, Curtis, his ADP puts him in at wide receiver. Uh, wow. Wide receiver 34 overall 
with an ADP of 56.6. I'm surprised. Yeah. I don't know if I'm surprised by that. I, I do have to think though here and pause here for a minute and ponder, you know, if that feels correct. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Where's he? Where's he at again? Twenty nine. Is that what you said? No, wide receiver thirty four overall. Thirty four. Thirty four does feel kind of low, I think. But when you start to look at the names ahead of him, I think you can make a case for a lot of the players that you do see going ahead of him. Yeah, I, I with Ridley, maybe maybe of the group, maybe he's the one that would be the most landing spot sensitive uh in terms of having some upside or or you know maybe pushing him down further i mean listening to you go through his weekly stat explorer situation with you know the six wide receiver one week weeks and then basically whiffing in every other single week yep context of the jacksonville offense is i mean evan ingram was one of the most prolific pass catchers period regardless of position last year uh christian kirk was great uh when he was healthy Further down the depth chart, they still had Zay Jones uh, helping out. They got Travis Etienne, who's a capable pass catcher in his own regard. So, I mean, it was kind of crowded there. I think I can forgive the spotty production. He did show that he could still have uh, some some boom week quality. When you look at his 2023 versus his 2021, the five games he played that year before uh, his suspension kicked in, he's been an inefficient player now over his last 22 games. And so he, you know, he's ranked outside the top 200 in fantasy points over expectation at the position his last two seasons, the last two times we've seen him. And that's, in, that's in two different offenses as well. Um, offenses where he had some help at the wide receiver and or tight end positions in, in both of those um, scenarios. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, if he was, you know, if he went to, if he went to Buffalo and he was the number two to Stefan Diggs, for example, um, or if he went to, you know, Kansas city or something like that. I mean, you know, maybe we see those situations as upgrades and and we could at least pencil in some of those big weeks again. 
Right. Um, and, and we would have no reason to think that over the course of a full season, he couldn't, you know, crest 200 PPR again. It, it is a little bit iffy, I think, to look at him and, and try to figure out if he can be a, a consistent scorer. I'm looking in the NFL stat explorer uh, going back in 2021 and those five games, he had no wide receiver one weeks and uh, four wide receiver three or worse weeks. And he was kind of similarly spotty, even in that um, big year he had back in 2020, he had, you know, several really big games and he's still also had some games where he didn't show up. So, you know, he's not quite like a bulletproof guy. And now he's getting up there in age just a little bit. He was old when he got in the league too. Yeah. So, you know, he really is kind of a, he's kind of a complex, uh, he's kind of a complex situation. He's already 29 years old, Dave. Yeah, that's you know, he's 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 Tyreek Hill's age. Yes, like it does that's not nuts. feel it like does he's not. Been, yeah, right, right. I mean, he he's Amari Cooper's age. Um, it doesn't seem like that would be the case. So I think that's also a reminder. I mean, you know, granted, he doesn't have the same type of mileage because of the suspension year and all of that. But yeah, I mean, it's, this is a player you know thick with uh, context in dynasty. He's going eighty-one overall in superflex startups. That's wide receiver thirty-six. So actually just a little bit lower in Dynasty than in, in the best ball ADP uh, that you pulled there. And in uh, terms of who goes near him in Dynasty startups, uh, Keenan Allen, Christian Watson, Josh Downs, Christian Kirk, uh, some of the names that we see there. And then if I hop over to my recent Dynasty rankings, I've got him at wide receiver 35, actually. So right there. Uh, in the range. I've got him sandwiched between Terry McLaurin and Chris Godwin mm, uh, for okay. point of reference. How's that sound? Sounds to me like um like it makes sense. I think that um as you start to think about Ridley, realizing that he is 29 shifts the context a little bit of a spit for you know for him, especially in that dynasty perspective. Uh because you do feel also when you look past the last couple of years that like if you're trying to hold on to Ridley because of some of the thoughts that you might have had about him a couple of years back, you're probably going to be better off not thinking that there's this massive upside out there that he can realize. Because how often is that going to actually be realized by players at the point in with the context behind them that he is now at? Yeah, he's year to year now. And then if he even shows us, you know, a stone cold month. You know, from a dynasty perspective, at least, you know, it'll the, the bottom will just fall out. So, yeah. uh, okay, let's move on. Now, th- this will be a, this this is kind of like our special guy for the episode. It's just a guy that we wanted to put in here. <laughs> he doesn't have quite yeah. the career accolades. Uh, well, maybe he's maybe he's outperformed Gabe Davis, but this certainly is not paced with well, Pittman I, or Ridley. Well, maybe not, but I think if you look week to week, it's possible he's outpaced Ridley over the last couple of years. Maybe I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, we're we're gonna go. We're gonna go with a guy from uh, my hometown, rooting interest, the Ohio State University. It's Curtis Samuel. Curtis Samuel, I think, is a pretty like before we even talk about the metrics. I think he's a pretty interesting free agent because as the league has evolved to support his type of skill set, like literally during his career, is when the NFL has undergone a lot of this um, change. It's it's going to be interesting to see how offensive coordinators and, and GMs approach a player like him because he does have a unique skill set with, with all the history of working out of the backfield. He is not a player that you, you just, you know, 
have to scheme a couple jet sweeps for, I mean, he literally was lining up in the backfield for a time at Ohio state. And so, you know, he is, he's a, you know, he's an offensive weapon. He's by definition, he's an offensive weapon. So I would really love to see him finally land in a top offense. I mean, he has just toiled in Carolina and toiled uh, in Washington. And it, it's just not fair for a player with his uh, athleticism. So looking at his accomplishments to date, he's actually never finished a season as a wide receiver too. He's been, he's been close he's been a wide receiver three, three times. And in 2020, he was wide receiver 25 uh, overall. He did, he did rate in the top 24 and expected points in both 2019 and 2020. That's ancient history at this point in the, in the most recent three seasons, 2021 was an injury shortened year for him. Only played five games. And then the last two seasons, he was wide receiver 30 and wide receiver 43 respectively. In 2023, he only had one wide receiver one week. He had four wide receiver two weeks and a whole bunch of games where he did nothing. He wasn't really drafted to do a lot. So, you know, everything's relative, right? Nobody was building their team around Curtis Samuel last year. Uh, you know, he didn't have nearly the you know, the best ball or dynasty and, and you know, price to, to play of any of the other three players that, that we've talked about so far. Um, so, we're really putting him in here as a speculative play. I think, you know, he stands to gain a lot just by changing scenery, both from the quarterback perspective and the team context perspective. So uh, he's a player I'd like to speculate on in early best ball drafts. He's a player that is basically at the throw in value level of player and dynasty. You know, if you, you get a trade offer in your inbox and you're like, eh, I don't know, it's fair. Well, maybe you get a free Curtis Samuel out of it. Uh, if the opposing manager has got him on his roster. So that that's how I'm looking at Samuel. I know he's one of your personal favorites too. So if you want to add anything before you talk about the underdog ADP, be my guest, Dave. Well, yeah, I mean, we, we've, we're, we're fans of him, very fun player, but I also think that some of the things that make him a fun player, make him a really cool player to be able to have on your team at a very low price. Now, some of this really, I think, boils down to that he is one of those guys who could find a situation that really, really works for him, and then he has a lot of upside. And I also think from a dynasty perspective, the skill set that he has does give him some opportunity to continue to hold on to some relevance deeper into his career. I'm not saying we're going to see a, you know, a Cordero Patterson situation, maybe where he explodes, like, you know, at some point in his 30s, but it is nice. You know, some of the notes that you made about things changing in today's NFL. So, you know, I think that does not have the name recognition or the cachet of some of these other guys that we mentioned. But um, I do feel pretty decent about him finding his way onto a team where he remains a contributor uh, and a player that's going to have some utility for your roster. So, you know, players like Curtis Samuel, I think they're always fun. And I'm, I'm still feeling good about him being a player we get to use in some capacity in fantasy for a number of years. All right. Well, what does the community think? How, where are they drafting him? Well, you know, uh, <laughs> I mean, it could be worse. It could be worse. He's going 175 overall as the wide receiver 74 off of the board. Curtis going one pick after Elijah Moore and one pick ahead of Xavier. Is it Leggett? I don't know if we know how to put it. How to legit. Put it. legit. Okay. 
Yeah. Rook, huge behemoth of a rookie wide receiver yep. uh, out of South Carolina. So, you know, if, if there's a DK Metcalf body type in this draft, it's him. Um, so, okay. Yeah. So, I mean, basically, you know, he, he's a, he's a freebie, right? He's a freebie. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be drafting a lot of Curtis Samuel on, on underdogs. He, he is going 175 overall in dynasty startups. That's wide receiver 67. Curtis Samuel actually is only 27. It's two years yeah. younger than Calvin Ridley. So, you know, that's, you know, there's time for him. If he were to catch on, you know, you could get a couple productive years out of him before, you know, he starts to hit that. Uh, hit that dynasty age cliff um, there. So uh, in terms of dynasty, I've got him uh, in the same range as Cedric Tillman and Tyler Boyd right now. Um, I've got him. It's in the 14th or 15th round of dynasty startups right now. So he does stand to gain a lot um, and via NFL free agency. It's also possible that, you know, people will just say, I don't know what to do with him. And he hasn't been as productive the last couple of years. And maybe there's just not as much interest as we would like to hope there could be. So there, I mean, there's certainly a downside case for a player like, like Samuel. It's just way more fun to talk about the upside. Oh, for sure. Uh, so Curtis Samuel, I'm glad that we got to talk to uh, talk about him. We're going to now shift into a player Curtis here that has gotten a lot of airtime. And a lot of that was because we owed this man an apology last year. And that of course is Mike Evans uh. who we tried to, in some capacity, write off as one of these, you know, mega fantasy contributors. And all he did was make Baker Mayfield look perhaps the best that he had in his career. So Mike Evans last year yeah. comes out posts. Oh, I forgot to switch here between Ridley and Evans. And I was about to say, oh, wait, what, what am I doing here? I'm going to have to throw a lot of cold water on this. No, he comes out, Curtis, puts up. A total of six wide receiver one weeks goes for um, number seven in total PPR, number 10 in PPR per game was more efficient than his expected points per game actually finishes number eight in fantasy points over expectation per game. Uh, number two in total touchdowns, uh, but he was number 17 in targets. So remains, you know, a very good touchdown scorer was number two in air yards and also Curtis goes over or equal to 25 points uh, three times last year. Also had a, a 30 point performance in there. Now, obviously he's getting older, but the thing is we still have not really seen him start to slow down. There's even some of the advanced metrics that you can go in and you can look at that he's still performing well in. Uh, you know, some of the notable ones, things that you're going to look for, like targets per touchdown remains towards the top of the league routes per touchdown remaining towards the top of the league. Uh, there's a, a, you know, not a lot that you're going to point to here in terms of him slowing down. We've now seen him have a good season with a new quarterback there. Um, the interesting part about it is if we look at his underdog ADP, you're going to see Mike Evans going at pick 32, which is wide receiver 21 overall. Oh and the reason that it's interesting is that you have some guys ahead of him where I think you could say there's a decent amount of speculation about what they're going to be able to do. For example, uh, Rasheed Rice, you've got Nathaniel Dell ahead of him right now. 
That's um, egregious. That's egregious. Yeah. So I think that uh, people are a little bit more down on Mike Evans than maybe they should be. Maybe there's a little bit more of a correction. Some of that might might change if we see him sign back with the Bucks. But I also think he could generate a lot of interest, kind of given what we talked about with these running backs, with some of these established players. When they land, no matter where they land, it gets a lot of hype. So I'm, I'm imagining we see that ADP start to creep up. But if we, well, I'll let you give your thoughts on Evans from a redraft perspective, but I'm really curious to see what you've done with him in your dynasty rankings. Yeah, I, the 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 news uh, chatter today is that the Bucks are trying to work with Evans on, you know, making him, you know, giving him his lifetime deal yeah. uh, to keep him in Tampa for the rest of his career. So, you know, if they're able to keep him and Baker Mayfield tied together for the next, I don't know, what two or three seasons, maybe for a guy uh, like Evans, you know, we've seen that chemistry there. Uh, that's a, a winnable division down there. And, you know, you, well, I think it's fair to say maybe people don't think he can score 13 touchdowns again. And maybe there's some regression uh, baked in there to to the the community's attitude towards him on underdog. But, you know, again, it's just one of those things like Baker Mayfield hasn't been a great quarterback in his career. If Evans is going to leave Tampa, he's going to leave for a better situation. Right. He's going to leave for a top quarterback and take a discount. So yep. if he wants to get paid, or his family really loves Tampa and he stays put and as long, and as long as it's him and Baker again, I mean, maybe he falls back to what he did in, in 2022 where, you know, he had basically the same stat line, but half the touchdowns, he still scored 227 PPR and was a, a very healthy wide receiver too in that season, which would make his current ADP totally fair. Uh, so, you know, I think there's, there's, basically only upside uh from here you know obviously you any anytime you got an older wide receiver you can start to say well, all right well maybe i want to bake in a little bit more injury risk downside you know certainly we saw stuff like that happen with cooper cup last year um so i mean you know i get it but he's playing at a really really high level and in many ways his season was more impressive than like what we saw from Devonte adams who you know, a lot of his efficiency stuff started to fall off. He got there kind of on pure volume. Evans was just as explosive as he's ever been. Uh, this is actually his third best fantasy season of his career that he had in year 10. Wow. Uh, both he and Keenan Allen putting up some of the best production of their careers uh, despite their advanced age and some challenging team situations last year. So, yeah, Evans really a big success story. What was a pretty big miss uh, for you and I. Thankfully, we still performed really well in fantasy. Largely. Largely, things, generally, but yeah, but it was largely, largely we offset some of that with uh, Keenan Allen, right? Because we we, we yeah, had Keenan we, Allen we everywhere, Keenan Allen every, every, <laughs> every time instead of instead of Mike. We, we, Evans, we right, did get so. to the point where I had to be like, all right, Curtis, like we gotta we gotta lay off <laughs> Keenan Allen a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that was a mistake. Every it time, was, probably. yep, yep, um, yep. So yeah, so with Evans, I mean, in in Dynasty ADP, you know, he started to lose some value. Um, he's at wide receiver 33. He's going at 78 overall in startups. He is 30 years old. Uh, that is the same current age as Cooper Cup. He's a year younger than Devontae Adams. He is the same age as Stephon Diggs. So he's kind of in that, you know, he's in that old guard there um, that's still kind of hanging on. In my dynasty rankings, 
Uh, I've got Mike Evans here at wide receiver 37. Uh, I've got him neck and neck with Cooper Cup. I, I think I've got room to move him up a little bit. I just put him at the top of that tier because it's kind of where I, I threw all of the age 30 and above guys. I mean, I've got him in there with Cooper Cup. I've got him in there with, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. So, you know, I've got, you know, Tyler Lockett's at the very bottom of that tier. Yeah. It's fair to say Evans maybe deserves to still be in tier five. I could bump him up to the bottom of tier five and that would put him right there uh, with Stefan Diggs and kind of just talking through this makes me think, yeah, that's probably where he should be. So I'm going to actually move him up just a couple spots and make that adjustment now that we had some time to focus a little bit more on on just how good he still was last year. Yeah, and as we talk about him a little bit more and then we, you know, you shared your ranking. In my mind, I was thinking he was going to be up a couple of steps. Now, I know it's kind of like a Barnum statement and an obvious thing to say here, but with a lot of players, the specific fantasy team that you have is going to drive some of how you're going to value that player. But I think, you know, Evans is definitely one of those guys that depending on what you're trying to do with your roster becomes a lot more or a lot less attractive to have. Oh, that's very Uh, fair. Very, you know, I I think with him, maybe more so than a lot of guys right now, um, which makes him maybe a compelling player to try to get onto your roster, you know, for some of these better teams that you have. You're looking at this one year, two year window where you're trying to get that old veteran in. Maybe now's the time where there's a little bit more uncertainty than there then there will be once he signs and you can get him at a slightly reduced price. So I, I made an adjustment here, bumped him up into tier five and he's now, and I, this is where he belongs. He's, yeah. I've got five guys in a row, Devonte Adams, Keenan Allen, Amari Cooper, Mike Evans, Stephon Diggs. I mean, that's right. That's where he belongs. You know, Cooper cups injuries at this point, um, push him down into that other tier. Evans, like some of these other players, it looks like he can still produce. Okay. We're going to round it up with a player that has been the subject of a couple of big articles at Rotoviz over the years, um, but he's fallen off in his past two seasons, largely due to the team situations uh, and quarterback injuries, mostly. Um, so he's a player that could recover, I think, next year, um, maybe even just by staying put provided that there was a healthy QB in place. But I think also, you know, it might be time for a change of scenery uh, as well. And it's Marquise Brown. So Marquise Brown, to this point, he does have one wide receiver two season that came in 2021. That was the year that I called it. Uh, And (laughs) yeah, that that was the, that was a, looks like a, a duck, quacks like a duck, walks like a duck. It's probably a duck. Marquise Brown was the duck. Um, and, and, and we got that despite having a little bit of a slow start to his career. Um, but these last two seasons have been a little bit rough to him. Um, he's missed a handful of games, played just 12 games, in 2022, 14 games last season. Um, he did even in the Arizona Cardinals kind of rocky year, uh, he did manage six wide receiver, two weeks, um, did not have any wide receiver one weeks. And, uh, he was 34th in expected points per game, wide receiver 50 and PPR per game that is kind of anchored unfairly by two games that he appeared in, um, but did not complete and had zero uh, points. in. so, you know, if we wanted to get in there with a a razor and adjust, um, he would probably be in the very high end wide receiver four range rather than that uh, wide receiver five range. So, you know, it's, it's kind of troubling. He hasn't been an efficient wide receiver in, in three seasons, you know, he's not really known for being a, you know, a, a touchdown scorer, 
But I think, you know, if healthy, he can still be a field stretcher and he can still be a really nice complimentary piece of an effective NFL offense. Uh, some of the, the teams that I've seen him linked to early in the free agent chatter, uh, one that would be very interesting is Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Um, so there with Amari Cooper and Deshaun Watson, um, you know, provided that Watson is, is fully healthy and, and, and recovers. I mean, that could be a pretty good spot for a player like Brown. I've also seen him rumored to, to head back to Baltimore. Um, which would be the, I mean, it makes sense. Too. It really does. Yeah. yeah. Uh, with, with now with Lamar having a little bit more free reign and, in this offense and, and a better surrounding cast around him, um, you know, what he brings to the table could just be, you know, totally realized rather than, uh, teams kind of understanding that the Ravens are going to script certain types of targets to him and, and being able to shut that down. So, you know, I, I like Hollywood. He's a fun player. To watch he's got one of the better nicknames in fantasy football uh that was my name in high school baseball dave it was my nickname in high school uh, baseball was was hollywood wait yeah. wait wait let's let's take a <laughs> let's take a little quick pause here yeah. and, and discuss how that yeah. came to be uh that that was just uh you know i i graduated in the early 2000s it was a it was a time when uh, it was a time when like compression shirts and things like that weren't totally normal yet. I mean, you, you were seeing them, but it wasn't like totally ingrained in the culture yet. This was a time when boy bands and hip hop artists were ruling the charts. And I mean, I would often take my pregame cuts in a black compression shirt with a gold chain and um, okay. sunglasses on. And so the, the coaches would, would call would call me Hollywood. I mean, it's it's really just, you know, I, I had the it factor Dave in high school baseball. <laughs> what, uh, what position did you play? Center field, baby. Oh, center field. You know, nice. You, nice. You know, have okay. a nickname like Hollywood. You better, you better be playing. You better be playing center field. Yeah. 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 All right. Yeah. That, that, that tracks. <laughs> All right. So All right. tell us about Hollywood and, and, uh, get us back on track here. Tell us about Hollywood and, and underdog and, uh, and then I'll sure. round it up with that. So Hollywood in underdog is an ADP of 108.4. That puts him in at wide receiver 51. Uh, do I think that there's decent chances that he outplays wide receiver 51 from, um, best ball half PPR perspective. Yeah. I think there's a decent chance. Oh, I might've just lost my internet. Curtis, are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. We got you. Oh, we just had a, uh, everything in the house just like flickered. Wow. You're a brownout. It's a brownout. Right. Yep. All right. I have a lot of stuff to get done after this. So I was, I was very worried there for a minute. Anyway, I don't remember where I was, but what I was building up to was I think, though, that one thing that could happen is people could get excited about a landing spot for Hollywood. I think we are at the point in his career, though, where there's enough signal to me that we're not going to get back to some of the levels that it felt like that he could get to. So regardless of the landing spot, I'm going to be very careful not to shoot him up too too high over where he's currently going. Yeah, where does he compare with guys like Troy Franklin and Xavier Worthy? Because uh, those, because there's the the in Devontae Walker. Yeah. The, the problem is, is there, there's guys in this rookie class that can do what Hollywood can do that don't have some of his baggage. Yeah. So Franklin is coming in right now at 45 among wide receivers. Who who was the other guy you mentioned? Xavier Worthy. Right. Right. So Worthy is at at 62. So he is going ahead of him. So he, he's cheaper than Hollywood. And I imagine like Devontae Walker would be, you know, far cheaper even. So yep. 
Yeah. And, and then even re- really you want to get down there uh, and get some speed guys, you know, deeper in the draft, you can get the root of his fantasy football rookie draft guide and, and get some of those other names. Um, yeah. I think that all, all of that makes sense from a dynasty perspective uh, and dynasty ADP. He is currently wide receiver 40. It's actually a couple slots higher than I would have, have guessed. Um, that puts him right behind Deontay Johnson and right in front of Jerry Judy. I think um, the alignment with Jerry Judy makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and actually in, in prep for the episode, I, w- I was looking at um, Deontay Johnson uh, and, and he's kind of, he's been a little bit, uh, I guess, falsely propped up maybe over yeah. the past year or two hasn't been. So, I mean, all of these players, you know, they're kind of getting in their mid twenties and, and we're not sure if they're ever going to break out like Christian Kirk did uh, when, when he got to that point. So I think that's, that trio being next to each other kind of makes sense. I've got him wide receiver 45. Uh, so a little bit below the community in my rankings right now. I do actually have him right behind Jerry Judy, but I've got both of those guys about half a dozen slots lower in my positional rankings than they come in in terms of positional ADP. I, I'm favoring players like Josh Downs, who's a little bit uh, younger uh, favoring players like, you know, even like, you know, Chris Godwin, who's kind of fallen off a little bit, but just seems to have it together uh, more than more than these players at this point. Yeah, I think that all seems fair. I think if I were going through and ranking, I might even have him, you know, a spot maybe two, three, four lower than you do. But the relative tier feels right. Uh, and I think that largely what it comes down to for me is that I'd rather take a chance with some of these younger players in specific, some of these guys with a similar profile um, that have more upside, in my opinion, at their career, um, then, then I think that we're going to be able to project for Hollywood um, in, in really any capacity right now. Uh, we do like him, though, and we hope that things can work out for him next year. And it kind of does feel disappointing that his time in Arizona got squandered to some degree, just given a myriad of unfortunate situations for that team. Yeah, I don't. I don't have anything else to add, man. I think. I think we've done a nice job hitting uh, about a dozen free agents over the past couple of episodes. Hopefully, the exercise was useful. I think you can do that if you if you are just you know, really angry that we left out a player that you wanted to hear us talk about in free agency. You know, you can get in and do some of the same stuff uh, that that we just did in the NFL Stat Explorer. Uh, we've got some of the advanced stats. Uh, and some of our other tools. And you can check out my updated dynasty ranks there on the site as well, man, as we sign off, I just got to say, I'm so excited about all the new information, the athletic uh, information we're going to get on these prospects this weekend in Indy. Um, Even though we know for some positions like wide receiver and quarterback, it's just not super important. And we're going to be very careful and disciplined this year at rotoviz.com not to double count uh, things that we already thought were true. Yes. But for running backs and tight ends, there are some, uh, there are some events that uh, could help us make sense of some of the log jams, particularly at, at running back. You know, I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, what is Braylon Allen's speed score going to be at, at 240 plus pounds? You know, there, there's, there's definitely a lot of intrigue. How much of a freak will Jatavion Sanders be? We're going to have plenty to talk about and react to 
next week on Rotoviz Radio. And next week, that means for those of you that have already purchased volume one of our fantasy football rookie draft guide, volume two will be available to you sometime next week. If you want to go ahead and get caught up before the combine, make sure you log on to rotoviz.com, get volume one, learn about all 98 positional uh, fantasy positional players who are invited to the combine, plus a couple other players uh, in that guide, and you will be ready to go. And, you know, when you start to see those names scroll across the bottom bar at the combine with these great or horrible uh, measurements, you'll already know a little bit about them. So check it out at rotaviz.com and uh, check us out next week for our rapid reactions. Thank you for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.